Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Cindy Donaldson Show. I am your host, Cindy Donaldson. I'm a serial entrepreneur, bucket list obsessed, certified high performance coach. And I am here to ensure that everyone in my circle not only learns how to live their life by design, but actually enjoy it to the their fullest and live into their purpose and be happy. So today I want to talk a little bit about minimalism. And I wrote about this in my email this morning that went out to my tribe, but Minimalism is far more than just getting rid of a bunch of clutter and junk in your life, although that's how my journey started. When we sold our house to live full-time in the RV, I had a house full of stuff. Dave and I combined two households. So we had boxes out in our barn, which was a four-car, two-story barn, (laughs) that we hadn't opened. Some stuff I hadn't opened in decades, and it was really overwhelming at first, not only because the massive amount of stuff we had, but we were under an extreme time crunch. When we decided to sell our house, we put a pretty high price on it, thinking that, oh, you know, it'll be on the market for a while. We had multiple offers within 24 hours, accepted one, and had a closing date within 30 days. We still didn't even have the RV we were going to live in full time yet. We had our old RV that we were trying to sell. So it was complete chaos. I did hire a staging person to come in and I'm so incredibly grateful for her because she did this whole feng shui thing in our house. And a big part of feng shui is removing the clutter. But let me back up. I'm a collector of things. Um, I had a massive amount of like vintage tablecloths and my grandmother's china. I had started collecting fiesta wear. I had tons of art. Plus, I still had that barn full of stuff. And a ton of it was stuff that was my kids from their childhood, right? So, and stuff that I had saved from college. I mean, it was a lot. So when Rose first came into our house, she started saying, you know, you had to get rid of 90% of the furniture. And my office which I, again, I was all into vision boards. I had my art everywhere. My kids are everywhere. I saved like every journal I ever had. I had tons of books. It was, it was a lot. There was really no free space in my office. And sometimes I really struggled with the creativity gene. And I didn't realize that the clutter was really adding to that. So when Rose came in, came in she's like, we have to get rid of everything. First of all, a new buyer doesn't want to see all of your personal stuff. They want to envision their stuff. So I got that because I had sold houses before. But when she cleaned out my office completely and we repainted it and did all of that, but there was my desk in the middle of the room, an orchid on it, a notebook and a pen, a pen and my laptop. And that's all. And there was, I think, one piece of art on the wall and one bookshelf that had a couple little things on it. But I would say 90% of the stuff in my office was gone. And when I walked into that room, it was it was really beautiful. And I thought I was going to miss all of my stuff. And I didn't. There was this incredible sense of calm. And I loved it. And then we went through the rest of the house. Like my dining room, we removed half the furniture. The living room, we removed half the furniture. And we made this these little vignettes of like talking areas where there was just two chairs and a table and a couch. And again, there was a minimal amount of art on the walls. Now, I love my art and I collect it when I travel. And so I kind of like all the art, but I really understood the power of less is more. So fast forward a couple of weeks, we have massive tag sales and um, 
I'm also a thrift shop junkie and a flea market junkie. And I had collected a lot of really cool, shabby chic antiques and stuff, you know, from my travels in my 50 plus years at that point. And a lot of them I really had an attachment to, like I loved them and I got great deals on them. But one of the things that Dave and I said we weren't going to do was pay for a storage unit. Now we were um, grateful at the time Dave's dad was still alive. And so all of our treasures that we didn't want to sell, we stored in his basement. And now since he's passed away, they've been divided up between kids attics and we have a trailer, like one of those construction trailers that we've stored. And a lot of the stuff in there are Dave's tools. Now to sell those and rebuy them again, knowing that we're going to at one point have another house just was ridiculous because he had, you know, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of tools. And I didn't want to get rid of my art, nor did I want to get rid of my grandmother's china, my Fiesta Ware collection, all of which, you know, my kids, my daughter and my daughter-in-law will want to have after I'm gone. But I still really do enjoy that. And I can enjoy that in a minimalistic lifestyle. So the hard part was kind of letting go of some of those treasures in the beginning. I remember I had this um, bathroom cabinet that I had picked up. God, I don't even know. It might have even been in Arizona when I lived out here. Because I'm in Arizona right now traveling in the RV. And I just loved it. It was something from like the 1920s. And I had actually used it in apartments and houses. But I didn't use it at the house that we had in Connecticut. It was just sitting in the barn. And I put $35 on it and and a classic yard sailor came by and said, you know, I'll give you 10. I'm like, you know, this is one thing that I really love and I'm not going to take less than 35. And he paid 35 for it. And while he was taking it away, I was like, there was this almost sense of loss, like, oh my God. And then Dave reminded me, he's like, Cindy, part of what you really love about all these things is the hunt. And so he promised me when we got a new house, he would be my mule at a flea market and just go around and, you know, I could buy all new treasures for whenever we leave RV life and settle back into a brick and mortar again. But what I don't think I'll ever do again is really the clutter thing. Now, now we live in a hundred square feet and Clutter happens in a nanosecond. Like right now, Dave spent the morning picking up some stuff from the weekend because we were out hiking and just kind of relaxing. And there's a lot of clutter. Like every time we buy one little thing, realistically, one thing has to go. But that doesn't happen. And so every couple months, and this is really me, not David, it's clothes, right? So I kind of get bored with the same old clothes all the time. So what I'll do is I'll just go through all my clothes and there's, there's some essential things that I have to keep like a winter coat, but now I kind of have two puffer jackets, another like um, parka. I don't need all of those. So I get in the mindset, oh, I might use it one day or I might wear that one day. And then before you know it, five years have gone by and I haven't worn it. And so I've learned the art of purging. And what I do is I donate them to a thrift shop or whatever. And again, I get to go buy more stuff, right? If that's what I want to do. But back to that moment in my office and what I said earlier about minimalism and the fact that it is not just the process of getting rid of physical things. It is, you gain a lot of mental clarity. 
you put more emphasis on things that you really value and you, you focus on things that you have versus things that you don't have. Like for instance, instead of just buying a $10 puffer jacket, I'm going to invest in something that I'm going to have for a long time. And that's going to last me. So instead of massive amount of little things, I'll have precious, you know, one thing, or like I said before, I'll cycle them out. Like I have these, you know, pillows, like, I like to have, you know, these, you know, kitschy little pillow covers and I get them on Amazon. They're like $10 and I'll use them until, you know, they don't serve me anymore. And then I'll donate the old ones or give them to one of my kids and then I'll get new ones. But I don't keep all the other ones because it's just, it's too much. And it also goes back to what I wrote in my email this morning about being an extreme extrovert in the past and how I'm now an introvert. And I've done a lot of soul searching on this as to why it happened. And I thought maybe it was COVID. I thought maybe it was full-time living, you know, where it's just Dave and I, and I'm not around a lot of people, but I put a reel out on social media and I said, is this just me? And several people that were around my age said, yeah, like I am far more an introvert now. And here, here's my philosophy on all of it. I think a lot of it has to do, I don't, I can't speak for the other people. I can only speak for me, but the minimalism thing. And again, Dave's far more minimalist than I am. Like he can live with like two pairs of pants, three shirts, you know, as long as he has underwear for two weeks, he's happy. But me, I like, I'm far more creative and I like other things, but there was a point I was going someplace with this. I really think that my introvert, process happened in my office that time when I saw getting rid of all the clutter. And it also explains why I'm far more creative when I'm outside and why I prefer boondocking, which is living off grid out in national forests and national parks versus being in an RV park. Why I enjoy being around less people now, I've I've almost become this people you person. Like I can only handle groups of people and being around masses and small doses. Like I love public speaking. I can get up on a stage in front of a thousand people. And when I'm in that moment, I'm completely energized, but right after I'm completely exhausted and I need to sort of retreat within, which is the definition of being an introvert, right? Like you, you recharge solo versus recharging around other people. And I think why that happened is now I think COVID and RV full-time RV life might've, you know, added to it, but I think I was an extreme extrovert when I was younger because I hated the situation that I was in and I didn't want to be around like my family and I didn't want to be by myself. I wanted to be around people and situations that were more fun. Like I was the person that always left the party last because I I just didn't want to leave. I was always the person that would leave the bar last because I didn't want to leave. I wanted to, I wanted that energy of the people. But now I can go outside. And if you think about it, being out in nature is extreme minimalism because there's nothing there except you and all of nature. And there's no distractions. Like when I'm out there, it's kind of almost like being in a coffee shop where you have that white noise of the people, but they're not really a distraction, at least for me. And it could be part of an ADHD thing too, is that white noise stuff. 
But when I'm out in nature and I hear birds and I can just see nature, it is very calming to me. There is zero clutter in nature. But if I'm in a, an RV park where there's, you know, RVs right next door, it's clutter for me. It's it's the wildest thing. And you would think living in a tiny house would be anxiety provoking for someone like me who just said those statements. And sometimes it is when the clutter gets crazy. Like right now, there's too much stuff in here. And we've bought some new things, like some new appliances, and we're trying some new organization tricks. And it's just going to take time to let it all shuffle out and figure out the way we like it. Um, and Dave is an engineer, so he's very good at organizing. I call him the, can you come Jenga this? You know, get the Tetris right and put everything where it needs to be. Um, but so, yeah, it's nature is amazing. And so if you have anxiety from being in a cluttered house and you don't know where to start, A, if you can afford it, hire an organizer. Like I have a built-in with Dave, but so, cause he can see the organization and the chaos and I cannot, I just see the chaos. And so it's very hard for me to start. So if you can afford to hire somebody to come in, like a cleaning person and an organizer, do that and just have them set it up for you. But you are going to have to go through the process, the Marie Kondo of it all, like, what is really important to you? What is just clutter? What is just stuff? What can you donate? What should just get tossed away? And it is overwhelming in the beginning, but I promise you, back to when we sold the house, as we got closer and closer to the closing day, it didn't bother me anymore. In fact, every time I got rid of something, it was like one more piece of weight was lifted off my shoulder. I was probably exasperated by the fact that I had to get rid of it at that point because if I didn't sell it, it was gonna, I'd had to figure out, I had to figure out a way to donate it to charity and where that was, and some charities wouldn't take anything. So, but it it just feels good. Like I wrote in my email this morning, it's kind of like when I had a cleaning person come in twice a month on Wednesdays and and the days that she was there, I would like, you know, if I was out of the office because I worked from home, but if I was out meeting with clients or whatever, and I came home, it was an immediate sense of calm because A, everything was cleaned, but beyond that, everything was picked up. There were no dirty dishes in the sink. There were no, you know, clothes on the floor. There was nothing out of place. Like it was calming, calming. So if you have anxiety in your life, look around and it's the same as, you know, the, you surround... Um, what you surround yourself with, you become. So, you know, I talk a lot about getting rid of toxic people in your life. It can also be a toxic environment and clutter is part of that. If your bedroom is chaos, it's going to be harder for you to fall asleep because it's not a serene place. If your kitchen is chaos, it's going to be harder for you to go in and make a healthy meal because you're going to spend half the time just trying to find shit or clean up what you've done before. If your living room is a chaos and there's crap everywhere, it's not going to be a calm place to sit after dinner and read a book. You see where I'm going with this? If your bathroom is chaos or dirty, that bath is not going to be relaxing. It just isn't. So being a minimalist is far more than getting rid of the junk. It is about mental clarity. It's about, you know, self-care and and soothing. And if you are a creative person and you're stifled, chances are your environment has a lot to do with it. Try taking your space, you know, your creative space outside or to someplace that isn't cluttered. 
I mean, think about it. Like even um, I've heard people say, oh, okay, I love just going to Airbnbs or I love going to hotel rooms. And then I look at the space that they're in. And now I understand why they like going to a hotel room because it is uncluttered. It is clean. It's a fresh speak. You know, it's, it's just a, a fresh start almost. I used to get this feeling like when I was in college, which was like a crazy time for me. And, um, you know, when you think about it, you start a new semester, it's a do-over. Like there's the only, there's only positive things that can happen in your head anyway, right? It's like, it's a start over. I'm going to, I'm like, I'm going to do great this semester. It's the same thing when you clean up your space. So if you were like me and it's, it'd be an overwhelming thing, do the Dave thing. He's like, choose one room. And that's how Dave cleans. Like when we had a big house, he's like, you know, once a week I choose one room and he just does it completely. Like, and that could be getting rid of the clutter. It could be cleaning out the dust bunnies. If it's, a, you know, the kitchen, it would be cleaning out the fridge and the freezer and organizing the cabinets. Like every week you just choose one room. And as it rotates, that doesn't mean that you don't vacuum in between and clean the bathroom and all that kind of stuff. But the deep clean organization, making sure that it is sort of this feng shui, everything in its spot changes the game because it's not overwhelming. You're not eating the entire elephant at once. You're just eating it one bite at a time. So I suggest starting with your bedroom because you do spend a lot of time there and it should you should have some kind of sanctuary where you can go. Get rid of the clutter. Start with the clothes. If you haven't worn it in a year, chances are you aren't going to wear it. You aren't going to wear it. Now, if you were a collector of shoes and purses and all that, which although Dave would disagree, I'm really not. Like I don't have a hundred pairs of shoes. I might have 10 now, um, which is too much in the RV. And I did purge a bunch not too long ago, but start with the clothes. Like for me, you know, as I got older and gained weight, I just got rid of all those size four jeans and the size small tops. Because every time I went into my closet, I would say bad things about myself. Like, I can't believe I can't fit into those pants anymore. I can't believe it. You know, it was like this negative thing. I got rid of everything that didn't fit me. Everything. Even if I love that little cashmere sweater, if I hadn't worn it, I got rid of it. And I bought things that fit me and I felt good in, which isn't easy to do. And I know it can be expensive, but that's also why I'm a thrift shop junkie. You know, I can go to the thrift store with 20, 30 bucks and come home with an entire new wardrobe and it's fabulous. So start with that. Start with your bedroom. Get rid of all of the crap on your nightstands. Have a lamp and maybe a book and your eyeglasses and that's it. But medicine, all of that stuff, put it someplace else. Close on the floor. If you end, here's the big thing. Don't put workout equipment in your bedroom because it just collects stuff. Your bedroom should be a serene place where you can just calm your brain and sleep. So get rid of all the other crap. And, you know, the Marie Kondo book, a lot of people laugh about it. You know, what brings you joy? Like, hold it in your hand. What brings you joy? And if you really can't feel it, let it go. It sounds hokey, but I read that book and it was incredibly helpful for me. And I do that now. It's like, how much do I really love this? Or am I holding on to it because I might wear it one day? Or, you know, a lot of people have issues with family heirlooms. 
you know, if your parents gave you something while they're alive and you don't really love it, let go of the guilt and just give it away or give it to somebody who would really appreciate it and need it because your taste might be completely different than your parents. There's no need to hold on to it. But if there are things like from your family that you really do enjoy, use them. Like my aunts are famous for this. They have they have a ton of stuff and they refuse to let go of it, but they don't use it. They have an entire China cabinet worth of like my grandmother's China. I have gotten some of it. Not everything that I want, but I have gotten some of it, but they don't use it because they might break it. Now, my grandmother was the complete opposite. So I don't know how they've developed this mindset, but if you have something, use it. Like my grandmother had this 200 year old China that was her great, great grandparents came over on the boat, right? From Scotland. And it was so thin, you could see through pieces of it. And my aunts would get this, like, why are you using it, mom? Why? Are you... And she's like, it's a dish. It's meant to be eaten off of. And she always drank her tea out of China teacups. Like they didn't sit on a shelf. And she was an avid knitter and crocheter. And I was in my aunt's house the other day. They both lived together um, in the house that they grew up in. And I was like, where are all grandma's blankets? Oh, they're packed away. I'm like, why are they packed away? Like, why aren't you using them? And they just looked at me like I was crazy. So if you have stuff, use it and enjoy it. But if it's sitting on a shelf and you're not enjoying it, or if it's sitting in a closet or in a box or a wedding present you got 30 years ago, but you're afraid to get rid of it because Aunt Nellie, who's not even alive anymore, might judge you, let it go. It is just stuff. It is stuff. And once you start on the journey, I promise, it not only gets easier, but is so powerful. It is so powerful. So that's my message for the day. Minimalism. Embrace it. If you're not on my email list, please go to cindy-donaldson.com. Get on the list. It comes out every Monday and Thursday. And I don't post that content on social media. I don't post it on my website. It's not on a blog or anything. So you have to subscribe to get it. And I give you insights into my my traveling life. People usually know where I am, which is kind of fun. So it's my journal, but it's, it's my travel journal, but it's also um, my personal journal. You know, I, I've been on a personal development journey since my 30s, probably, um, consciously, intentionally since my 30s. And I'm pretty open about all the ups and downs and what works for me and what doesn't. And that's what I share in my coaching programs. So that's that's it for me. I'm your host, Cindy Donaldson. Thanks for being with me today. And I would love for you to share with me, like if you're a minimalist, how you did it. Is it different than the way I did it? What do you like about it? And do you miss any of your stuff? And if you are a hoarder, a collector of things that just don't serve you, try it. Buy the book, you know, from Marie Kondo. I can't even remember the real, the name of it off the top of my head. Um, and just, you know, hire somebody to come in and help you if it's overwhelming, if you can afford it. It is so worth it. Have an awesome day. Bye.